ಓಂ ಜ್ಞಾನತಿಮಿರಂದ್ಯಾನಂಜನ ಶಲಾಖಾ ಚಕ್ಷುರುನ್ಮಿಥೇನ Today I'm going to speak from the Srimad Bhagavatam. And this is a verse spoken by Kapiladev to Devahuti. And it's from the third canto, 25th chapter, 25th verse. And it begins by speaking about the benefit of the association of devotees satam prasangam mamavirya samvido satam means of pure devotees prasanga means the association and mama my virya wonderful activities samvida by discussion of bhavanti become Bhavanti hrit karna rasayana kata. Hrit means the heart and karna, the ear. Rasa ayana, pleasing. Kata. So the kind of discussion that takes place amongst devotees is very different than the discussion that takes place amongst non-devotees. First of all, non-devotees are preoccupied with satisfying themselves through sense gratification. And devotees are preoccupied with satisfying Krishna. And as an example of this, mostly people, when they take to householder life, and even when they don't, but especially when they do, are interested in it, in consuming and decorating their homes and decorating their bodies. So that means you have to get all dressed up and you also have to make your house look nice and decorate it inside and there's a lot of expense that you can take for that however and of course there's a lot of conversation that takes place around dressing and taking care of your house there it's a perennial subject matter you're in the material world how could that uh conversation uh, go on because here it's mentioning when you're talking amongst devotees satam the conversation is pleasing spiritually pleasing so <clears throat> the difference would be that devotees would be talking about how to construct a temple um you have to pour the same concrete you have to put rebar down and pour concrete you have to pick out the different materials for the temple just like you do for your house only it's a transcendental activity and when you're engaged in getting permits and talking about which materials to use it's transcendental because you're building it for krishna So that kind of activity of building is not prohibited it's called yukta this is the benefit of devotional service and uh, as far as dressing goes uh, devotees there they dress fairly simply in order to please krishna unless they don't unless they dress up 
in a fancy way to please Krishna. That's also possible. But the point is, they're doing it for Krishna. Whereas a materialistic person is doing it for him or herself. And so the conversation that goes on around dressing, building, living, and acquiring various kinds of items, like you, you might need an oven or a refrigerator and so forth. When, when the acquisition is for Krishna, it, there's a different conversation. It's a transcendental conversation because it's to satisfy Krishna. I mean, after all, why are you getting a refrigerator in the first place? It's so that you can keep all kinds of goods to cook to satisfy Krishna. And who, who would know about that, <clears throat> that you could cook for God unless somebody was a Satam or a Vaishnav? Because this is the folly of impersonalism. If God doesn't have a mouth and you can't feed him, then you're left thinking like, well, I just have to think about feeding myself. And the conversation really then is, there's nowhere to go when you're trying to feed an impersonal God. But when, he, when he's personal, when he's standing right there and he has a beautiful mouth and as we hear from Bhagavad Gita, patram pushvam palam toyam yomi bhaktya priyachati taraham bhakti paritam ashnami paritatma. You can actually offer something to Krishna and he'll accept it. Then it's very engaging for the devotee. And there's a lot of conversation around food. For instance, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, there are pages and pages, verse after verse, describing the kinds of food, prasad. <clears throat> Boga that's offered to the Lord and then it becomes prasad. In fact, the Raghavara Jali, the bags of Raghava that were prepared by Damayanti were done so with the idea that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was an ordinary person and that he might get indigestion from eating certain kinds of things. So Damayanti went to great care to put extra ginger and some of the sweets so he could digest nicely. And also when devotees get a new cloth, they don't just throw it on, they take it first and they offer it to the deity. And you'll find Bhaktivinoda Thakur mentions in one of his diaries that everything that he uses is first offered to Krishna. It's all prasad. So the the Satam Prasangamam Aviri Samvido Bhavandi Karna Rasayana Kata. Yes, there's direct Krishna Kata hearing from the Bhagavatam, hearing about Krishna in the spiritual world, his putting himself in harm's way, like with the pastime of Kaliya, when he actually jumps in the Kaliya Lake splashes around just to agitate the snake and then gets captured by Kaliya and Kaliya is holding him in his coils. And meanwhile, everyone's fainting out of anguish, seeing their beloved Krishna in the coils of this monstrous creature that's poisoned the lake. People are dying. Birds fly over and die just from the fumes. And so we can talk about 
that that's all about Krishna. In fact, Prabhupada turned the 10th canto into Krishna book, just stories about Krishna and what he does during the day, how he plays with his friends, how he interacts with his parents, how when Rohini goes to call him from playing, he's playing with his friends, and Rohini says, come home now, it's time to eat because Nanda won't take his meals until you come home. And so Rohini goes back and the kids keep playing. They don't even listen to her because the other kids say that if you go home now, Krishna and Balaram, we're not gonna let you play with us again. So out of fear, they stay and play with their uh, friends until <clears throat> Yashoda comes. She has more weight. Nandakim Akarod Brahman uh, is mentioned in, in the, uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam that uh, Yashoda, he, she, she's got the most intimate relationship with Krishna. She's his mother. He, he takes milk from her breast and thinks, this is my mother, I have to. I have to go home now. So this is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And Shreya Evam Mahudayam Yashoda Cha Mahabhaga. How great is Nanda Maharaj, but even greater is Yashoda. Because Stanam Hari, he's Hari, but he's, uh, he's taking milk from her breast as mother. So there's topics directly about Krishna. And then there are the instructions that Krishna gives in the Bhagavad Gita. This is the, as Prabhupada says, the Vedic intelligence. And you can understand the intelligence of God in 700 verses. He gives a book that's so philosophically mesmerizing that the smartest people on earth can read it over and over and over and over again and find it to be deeper and deeper. By this, you can ascertain the Supreme Personality of God. That's also Krishna Kata. But it's also Krishna Kata to talk about the kind of cement that you're going to put in for the temple. And also, because Krishna appears in the archa form, he accepts service locally from devotees is absolutely necessary for devotees to have this because without getting attracted to feeding Krishna, dressing him, making outfits and garlands for him and seeing his beautiful form and feeling the, the reciprocation when one serves him in that way, feeds him, dances before the deity and so forth, then uh, our propensity to dress will go to our kids, relatives. People dress their kids like little Barbie dolls and they put them in shows and they dress their dogs even or their cats uh, with beautiful outfits. Prabhupada noted that there was a tomb for at the Fisher Mansion when he bought the property there for, for the previous owner's dogs, very expensive place. And sometimes, sometimes the very wealthy people, they leave, in fact, I just heard about this recently, they leave their entire wealth to their, their pets. I forget the exact person, but um, of course, the court re reversed it to some point, saying that the, the person was incompetent. But that is the tendency, 
uh, unless one has the the vision of the deity uh, to to serve. So satam prasangam amavirya sambhi, you know, bhavanti karna sayanakata. When we're in the orbit of Krishna and the Vaishnavas, then there's always some kind of kata that's either Krishna's instructions, Krishna's lila, or a service to Krishna that's being discussed. And all of this is nectarian and it's absolutely necessary. How does it work? Satam prasangamama virya sambhido bhavanti hritkarna rasayana kata taj joshanad ashu apavargavartmani shadaratir bhaktir anukramishriti that by being around that vibration, that discussion of lila, instructions, and service-related kata, then naturally one begins to develop an attraction for Krishna. First, uh, shraddha means that there's a sense of, I want to engage in service, shraddha. Shrad means the heart and da means where you place something. So you're inclined, you want to do it. And shradara tir bhaktir anukramishuti. Rati means that there's a definite attraction uh, and affection that develops. And bhakti means prema. One develops full love for God. And this happens naturally by coming into the environment in which the devotees are speaking about Krishna. Now let, let's read the last part of the verse. Satam prasangam mamaviryasam vido bhavanti hritkara rasayana kata. Go up a little. Rasayana kata. Pleasing it also means medicinal. That that the the stories and the the speech uh, acts like medicine. And it's a, it's a joshana, means cultivation. Very quickly, apavarga, one goes on the path of liberation, which means we're, we're no longer stuck to the material world. The karmic reactions, that is the impressions in my mind that make me want to hear about the material activities of sense gratification for myself, for my relatives, for my family, for my uh, country, countrymen, everything related to the body, I become detached from that. And instead, I become attached to apavarga, path of liberation, the, the topics that come from the spiritual world. And then my path is called apavarga vartmani, which I'm walking on the path that takes me back to the spiritual world. Away from, where are we going away from? Pavarga? Pa, 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 ba, ma which means that you're forced to work very hard in the material world. And then foam comes from your mouth because you work so hard. And then there's disappointment. And then there's fear. And then there's death. So Apavarga means we reverse that process. Shraddha, Rati, Bhakti. The association of pure devotees in the association of pure devotees, discussion of the pastimes and activities of the Supreme Personality of God, it is very pleasing 
and satisfying to the ear and the heart. By cultivating such knowledge, one gradually becomes advanced on the path of liberation. And therefore, thereafter, he is freed and his attractions become, his attraction becomes fixed. Then real devotion and devotional service begin, purport. <clears throat> the process of advancing in Krishna consciousness and devotional service is described here. The first point is that one must seek the association of persons who are Krishna conscious and who engage in devotional service. Without such association, one cannot make advancement. Simply by theoretical knowledge or study, one cannot make any appreciable advancement. One must give up the association of materialistic persons and seek the association of devotees because without the association of devotees, one cannot understand the activities of the Lord. Generally, people are convinced of the impersonal feature of the absolute truth. Because they do not associate with devotees, they cannot understand that the absolute truth can be a person and have personal activities. This is a very difficult subject matter. And unless one has personal understanding of the absolute truth, there's no meaning to devotion. Service or devotion cannot be offered to anything impersonal. Service must be offered to a person. Non-devotees cannot appreciate Krishna consciousness by reading the Srimad Bhagavatam or any other Vedic literature wherein the activities of the Lord are described. They think that these activities are fictional, manufactured stories because spiritual life is not explained to them in the proper mood. To understand the personal activities of the Lord, one has to seek the association of devotees. And by such association, when one contemplates and tries to understand the transcendental activities of the Lord, the path to liberation is open and he is freed. One who has firm faith in the Supreme Personality of Godhead becomes fixed and his attraction for association with the Lord and the devotees increases. Association with the devotees means association with the Lord. The devotee who makes this association develops the consciousness for rendering service to the Lord. And then being situated in the transcendental position of devotional service, he gradually becomes perfect. It's important also that as Krishna tells Uddhava in the 11th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Madhbhakta Pujabhyadika, that service to my devotees is more important than service to me. By serving the, the Vaishnav, one is best pleasing Krishna. The Kanishta Adhikari is described, Archaryam eva hariye pujamya shariyehate natad bhakteshu chanyeshu sabhakta prakrita smita. This is the semi-devotee, the one who's just entering the path of devotional service and is very generously given the title of a devotee, but is called a prakrita bhakta, one who's materialistically attached. Such a person actually is exalted in his or her own way, as Kapila Dev will tell us a little later on in this chapter, even the Kanishta Adhikari is extremely elevated compared to the rest of the population. 
However, the vision of the Kanishta is described that archaryam eva hariye pujam yashariye hate. Such a person has faith in Krishna only, but doesn't know the glory of the devotees, how to appreciate them or serve them, nor does such a person know how to do good for others or have the inclination to do it either. And so the process of uh, pleasing Krishna is taken up by the Madhyama Adhikari, who's Ishvare Taradineshu Balisheshu Dusatsucha, Prema Maitri Kripo Piksha Yakurotisa Madhyamaha. The Madhyama, middle devotee who's moving about the world and giving Krishna consciousness to others, knows how to do good for others and distinguishes between four kinds of entities. Sees Ishwar, the Supreme Personality of God, and develops prema. Sees the devotees and develops appropriate friendships. Sees the innocent and gives as much kripa, mercy, as possible. And sees the envious and avoids them so that they don't become more envious. And so these are the four classes. Wow, Sundays they happen in place, I guess. We're attracting all kinds of Vaishnavas here. Uh, Hare Krishna. The, um, the devotee who knows how to worship Vaishnavas is exalted in the Srimad Bhagavatam as being more advanced. Um, the simple explanation of this is given by Srila Prabhupada that love me, love my dog. And also, as Krishna himself says in the Bhagavatam, that the devotees are more dear to me than my own life. And in other ways, he expresses it as well. Sarabho hridayo mayam sarunam hridayam tvaham. Devotees are in my heart, I'm in their heart. And um, nobody is as dear to me as, as the devotees. So serving in the association of devotees, one hears the transcendental vibration. And then by that association, one naturally becomes uh, advanced step by step in uh, the process of devotional service. So in the purport, Prabhupada mentions um, that the reason that many people don't uh, understand Krishna, they think that his activities are, are fictional, is because spiritual life is not explained to them in the proper mood. And this is um, a product of the hearts of the devotees who know Krishna to be the Supreme Personality of God and then describe him. I was a recipient of this. I had been exposed to many impersonal uh, literatures because that's practically all that's out there. There's books about Buddhism, which I read. There are uh, copies of the Bhagavad Gita that have commentaries that are more or less impersonal. And this is, uh, uh, we can practically assume that's what's mostly available to people in the world. I 
And when I did a, a wide search to find information about uh, spiritual life at the library and, and bookstores and other places, I found all kinds of books and none of them had the same mood as Prabhupada's books. I had the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali and um, many other kinds of books, uh, stacks. And um, then uh, upon reading the Bhagavad Gita as it is, where Prabhupada comes out in the introduction and says, you should accept the speaker as the Supreme Personality of God, just as he claims to be. Otherwise you won't be able to get the, the gist of the book. And that made a lot of sense. However, when I came into the environment of the Vaishnavas in the temple that had been created by Prabhupada's association, it took a while to actually appreciate, although I didn't not appreciate it, but I didn't fully appreciate it until there was a click in my head and then I did appreciate it. As an example, I remember looking at the Srimad Bhagavatam and wondering what all these stories were about. Like, why would you want stories when you're trying to pursue spiritual life? This is a product of impersonalism because stories almost sound abhorrent to a mind conditioned to the impersonal aspect of the Supreme Personality of God. What to speak of the deity, I had one person in uh, Toronto after a a program we had a loft like program we had say you know i really like the hari krishna thing but can i ask you one personal question sure why do you guys worship dolls it's very hard for people to understand or or see the deity until they've been in the environment of the devotees which is a very special mood where the devotees actually have become attached to Krishna and they love Krishna. So for me, I remember looking at the altar and being attracted mostly to the flowers. And I, I couldn't even see, see the deity actually. But then hearing the Bhagavatam class, which is a daily affair, and then of course Bhagavad Gita, but especially the Bhagavatam, we were on the first canto. And in this first canto, we we're in the section of Krishna and Dwarka. And there he was with his queens. And then there was a verse, the temple president, Bhutatma Prabhu was reading from the verse and he was saying how the queens could not quit those lotus feet. There was something about that phrase that just clicked in my head. And I felt changed all of a sudden. It was probably after a month or so of just being in the environment of the devotees a hearing Bhagavatam with the devotees, dancing for the deities, even though I wasn't even sure what they were for sure, exactly, or why we were doing it, but, and taking prasadam. This all-encompassing environment, uh, suddenly I felt, oh, I do like Krishna after all. And my shraddha for the deity awoke. And then I, I used to enjoy sitting there in the temple room and just sitting before the deities and, and just chanting. And for some reason, it felt really nice. And then hearing the Bhagavatam started to become nice also. 
So this verse is very practical. Sutam prasanga mama virya sambhido bhavanti karna rasayana kata. The kata, the right kind of kata and the right mood in which Krishna's being worshipped as the Supreme Personality of God, as the source of Paramatma, as the source of Brahman, as the source of everything, and as an eternal personality, not the unborn within Krishna, but actually Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In that kind of association, the verse says that actually Bhavanti hrit karna rasainaka tajjoshanat. Very quickly it can happen. Tajjoshanat ashu apavargavartmani. First of all, what happens is you're, you're turned around from the path of birth to death and you start going towards the spiritual world. And then you get shraddha, rati, bhakti. You can develop all of the uh, most refined qualities of love for Krishna just by being in that environment and hearing about him. So uh, anyone who comes into the community of devotees and regularly hears about Krishna, his instructions, his lila, and then is given some kind of service, will be able to come to the uh, perfection of devotional service gradually or tajjoshanad very quickly in geological time and in the time that we've been in the material world it happens very quickly by this powerful association of of the devotees so then rupa goswami gives the outline of what devotional service actually is in his bhakti rasamrita sindhu he starts by saying anyabilashita shunyam jnana karman yanavritam anakulyena krishnanu shilanam bhakti rutama so the words here are uh, anushilanam means continuous, uh, nonstop cultivation of devotional service that's free from any other motive except to, to serve Krishna. Anyabilashita shunyam. There's no other idea that I, I'm serving Krishna because I'm trying to get anything. I'm only doing it out of a sense of devotion. Anyabilashita shunyam jnana karma nyanavritam. And I'm not depending on uh, my intelligence to uh, analyze everything through jnana. And uh, karma, I've given up the, the, uh, the ways of the karma kandis of trying to adjust my situation in the material world so that I can get out of it or that I can get more from it. Jnana karma yanavritam, anukulyena, and I render favorable service, anukulyena krishna nushilam. So the, the verb is shil, and it has two parts. One is called cheshtarup, and the other is called bhavarup. So cheshta root means in, in cultivating devotional service, there are external activities that we can perform. We can use all our senses. And I kind of gave a summary of that a moment ago, just in alluding to building a temple or making garlands for the deities. And there are many other activities, uh, fortunately, that one can do 
uh, for Krishna. And they include using the senses in Krishna's service. So this is the Cheshta Roop. We worship, we act for Krishna, we use all of our senses for Krishna. Like Maharaj Ambarish, he was a king and he had all facility for sense gratification, but he didn't touch any of it with his senses for sense gratification. He used it all in Krishna's service. And he applied this principle of using uh, his hands to wash the temple. He could have, as many uh, kings do, tried to develop uh, a homestead that was more for his own sense gratification or aggrandizement. I saw at Angkor Wat how the, the person who had created that, of course, there was a Vishnu temple there also, but he had his, his, the emperor who built it, his form was prominent in many places around um, showing that he was the great king. The devotees who are kings or leaders, they put Krishna in the center. So he engage all the senses, Krishna's service, and then bhava root means that one develops emotions for Krishna. And this is also a kind of an, a cultivation as well, that internally one develops a, a sense of service to Krishna from within. So how does, how does that work? Uh, well, actually, I'll just quote one more verse. Uh, Rupa Goswami then, then gives a verse, it's, it's parallel, it's a parallel verse. It says, Sarva Padi Vinir Muktam Tapravina Nirmalam Rishi Kena Rishi Kesha Sevanam Bhakti Ruchate. There's a way that uh, we use our senses, again, he says, to um, serve the master of the senses. Because these senses don't belong to us, they belong to Krishna. And when we serve the master of the senses with our senses, then they become purified and we become situated in our, in our real condition. That is uh, our transcendental condition. Our natural condition is to be in service to Krishna. That's our Sanatan uh, position. But sometimes something that has an eternal condition or an eternal form or purpose uh, gets diverted. For instance, the example is given uh, by Prabhupada that uh, water its dharma is liquidity, but under certain conditions, it becomes solidified, it's hard. So when we become waylaid by our association with matter, and we start thinking we are matter, then we can come back to our, our eternal condition by putting ourselves in the right environment. And that includes engaging the senses in Krishna's service. So then uh, Rupa Goswami quotes from the Bhagavatam, the verses that you all know, starting with Srinvatam Svakata Krishna, and describes the process through which by engaging devotional service and hearing about Krishna, one revives one's spiritual health and actually develops pure love for Krishna. So, this verse is um, great guidance for anyone who wants to advance in devotional service, means that 
we should organize our environment so that we're in the association of devotees and we're in association of devotees, especially who are engaged in hearing and chanting about Krishna and doing service for him. That's very practical. I've seen many times people come to uh, a sangha of devotees. We've seen it over the years at ISV. We're just sitting there minding our own business talking about Krishna. And then we saw, see somebody come in and either, um, I mean, sometimes the kids have said this, like my mom used to make me sit there and I had to sit there for a certain amount of time then I could go and I was just watching the clock and then I get up and leave. But after a while, it kind of gets, a, it kind of grabs you. You think, well, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's actually not that bad. <laughs> and I've seen adults come who have all kinds of problems and thinking about uh, woe is me, which is the mantra of the material world, especially these days. And then, then it's, you know, listening, listening, listening. And then, wow, I actually feel better. I feel better than okay. Title of my new book, Better Than Okay. Uh, you know, it's really hard to be okay in the material world. Like people say, how are you doing? And so people have to think about it for a minute. Oh, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I don't know if I've reached that level. But if you're sitting and listening to Krishna Kata from somebody who's really absorbed in it, then all of a sudden you can, you can just realize that I'm better than okay. That's the most impossible thing here in this material world to be better than okay. I mean, people go to concerts and they end up, you know, uh, you know, they can't see anyway and it's too loud or there's people intoxicated around them and then they end up falling asleep on the floor. I, you know, every, every material circumstance where there's material sound vibration has some mitigating element that makes it so I can't hit that little level where I say, I'm okay. That's why people try to take intoxication and that's a big mistake because they, they as Prabhupada said, they feel like he's, <laughs> somebody drinks and they say, I feel like I've gone to the heaven. And then, then, then the next day, everything uh, comes back to a worse condition than it was before. And then also they find out that they did stupid stuff they go, well, you're such an idiot. You know what you did? Uh, you crashed the car, you walked home, you broke your leg, you didn't even know it. And people take that to be pleasure. It's, that hasn't reached the level of okay, it's a fake out. So to actually reach the level of being okay, uh, it's, it's not good enough just to add another material thing. You got a new, got a new shirt, got a new dress, whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't hit the mark. It may come really close, but it just doesn't hit it. But if you're sitting and hearing for a while, then all of a sudden you go like, I think I'm okay. And then a few minutes later, you might realize I'm better than okay. And like, how did that happen? It's never happened before in my entire life that I've been better than okay. And that can only happen in the transcendental vibration because something that's uh, subtle cannot enjoy or appreciate something that's um, grosser than itself. We're subtler than matter. And no matter what the sound vibration, no matter how fancy it is, 
no matter how good the musicianship is, the poetry, unless it's connected to Krishna, you can't have that feeling that I'm better than okay. What to speak of just okay? And that's a, that's a banner day for a living entity after millions of births to all of a sudden say, you know what? I'm okay right now. Because nobody's okay in the material world ever. It's never happened. It's only happened in the association of satam prasangam amavirya sambhido bhavanti hritkarna rasayana kata. But Krishna consciousness, pure devotional service, and the mood of serving Krishna with no other motivation is the only way, the only way to become freed from the clutches of the material nature. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Daivahiye Shagunamayi, Mama Maya Duratyaya, Mameveye Prabhupadyante, Maimetam Tarantite. The material nature is difficult to overcome. Sounds like an understatement to me. I once said in a class in Los Angeles that the material nature is very inconvenient. My godbrother Sarvagoma came up to me after we said, that was understatement of the century. <laughs> so it's, it's, we're in the clutches of Maya and yogis try to get out of it. They try to beat the system and come to the level of being okay uh, through meditation. Others try to do it through austerities. There are different philosophies. People try to do it through material adjustment. You just get a better place. That really doesn't work. I mean, it's, it's so blatantly obvious, it's painful to watch. So the Bhagavatam is sublime and then it then explains, the devotees explain why, why it works that, that when, you, when you're able to relish the activities of Krishna and it starts to sound sweet to you and uh, Krishna comes to your mind and verses about Krishna come to your mind and you like chanting his holy name, then you can uh, rise above the clutches of the material nature. And then when the waves of sense gratification inviting you to come back, you know, that's, I heard as a, as a kid, my father used to read books to me and there was one about a raccoon. Some kid had a raccoon, he tamed him. I was all attached to it. Oh man, I want a raccoon. And then, you know, the raccoon was at home, take care of it. And then one fine summer night, there was a call from another raccoon out in the wilderness and their pet raccoon just jumped off the porch, ran away and never to come home again. <laughs> it's that siren call from nature. It's like, oh, I gotta go now. And it happens to even the yogis, Rikta Matayo. Why? Because they don't have anything in their head. They don't have the, the vibration of the spiritual world in their head. And so when that call of the wild comes, hey, why don't you come with, the, why don't you come with us to this stupid thing where you're going to injure yourself and end up worse off than you ever were before? Then you go, okay. Why? Because Rikta Matayo, you don't have anything better in your head. So Bhagavatam says, if you have the Leela and the beautiful pastimes of Krishna in your head, and you've tasted something unusual in the 
chanting and you've seen the deity and even one time you saw the deity and you felt like this is nice this is beautiful you've tasted charnamrita and you're like wow that was like the ganga coming from a celestial world any of these things you smell the incense that's all it takes one time and you feel it then you've got something you've got krishna the krishna bug and if you become situated in that then the material nature can't carry you away otherwise even the great yogis get carried away at any time when the waves come no matter how many thousands of years they've meditated for and held back the senses they have to be engaged in krishna's service so this is the safe path to become attached to Krishna and anybody can do it by just staying around devotees and hearing from them in, in their association. And if you can be in the association of like-minded devotees who are more advanced than yourself, then you'll hear Krishna Kata and you'll hear the right, you'll pick up the right mood non-offensive mood, the mood of service, mood of unalloyed devotion. And also devotees, devotees never consider themselves devotees. It's the death of the devotee. So I'm a devotee, I'm better than others. You find that in the Brihat Bhagavatamrita. Every person that Narada approaches says, I'm not a devotee, but I'll point you to a real devotee. And it goes all the way to the top, doesn't change, all the way up to Srimati Radharani. She'll point you to somebody else. This is the this is the mood Srila Prabhupada's talking about, a mood of utter humility, of dainya, and of just unalloyed service. And then those who have an attachment for hearing about Krishna make it altogether real. Because when we're hearing in the association of those who are in rapture by hearing, then we go along with it. I notice that Govardhan every year, unless you Unless you get in the flow, it's really hard to just walk in off the street and appreciate it. Sometimes people come, they'll sit down, they'll come out and see what we're doing out there and they'll come and not that I have any attachment for it, that somehow or other I, I, I'm, I'm able to just hang around because they give me free room and board. But, uh, you know, I notice sometimes when people come just to see what it is and they'll sit down, it's like, is this all you're doing all day? Are you going to do anything else? <laughs> And it's it's like to, it's really abrupt sometimes if you if you walk in. So gradually, gradually, if people can hear in the association of devotees, and they start their little that little click goes off in their head like it did for me. That beginning starting point is like wow, they couldn't quit those lotus feet. It said in the Bhagavatam is like wow, Krishna he has lotus feet, and they were attached to those lotus feet. So it's something that happens spontaneously in the association of devotees. A spontaneous love for Krishna actually awakens. I heard Prabhupada give a couple of examples. He said, in India, you know, boys and girls used to get married when they were just kids. They wouldn't actually meet each other, but they were betrothed and they were married very young. And then he said, there was no question of divorce no question of divorce. And he said, then they would be married and then 
they would, uh, you know, they're married and they, they start to get to know each other and then they get attached. And he said, then they have this relationship that was like quite natural and, and very deeply they were attached to one another. So he said, at first too, we're put together with Krishna. And then I was like, who is this anyway? Like, what does this stuff mean to me? What are all these stories? And like, who are these people? And what's this, you know, dancing around a tree and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, and then all of a sudden there's this, attachment that just develops spontaneously by the vibration itself and by the association. So this verse uh, shows us that, that that's the method. And, and one of the techniques for those who are eager to advance in devotional service is just to make sure that uh, is to make sure that one is around uh, advanced devotees and hearing as much as possible. Yet pada punkacha palasa vilasha bhakta karmashrayam gratitam ukatayanti santa tadbanna rikta matayo yatayo pirudha shotoganas tam aranam bhajavasudevam. In that verse, I alluded to it earlier that there's a hard knot in the heart and it gets cut when one gets attached to Krishna and Krishna kata. Yet pada pankacha, I mean, it's so beautiful anyway, the verse, yet pada pankacha palasa, vilas, vilasa bhaktya, vilas means the enjoyment of hearing Krishna's pastimes. Karmashrayam gratitam, udkratayanti santa, the devotees, the santas, just like in, the, in today's verse, satam prasangam, the santas, they, they cut the knot of material existence because of being their their enjoyment, otherworldly enjoyment, transcendental enjoyment they get from hearing about Krishna. Tadvanda rikta matayo. Rikta matayo means somebody whose head is empty. So the yogis, they don't. It means Krishna is not in there. They didn't hear about Krishna, so you're defenseless. And when material nature comes calling, it doesn't matter how strong you think you are. You're like that raccoon. He just jumps off the porch and goes running out in the forest. That, that's it. What happened to him? Call the wild, still attached. Only one way to become detached is become attached to Krishna. Let's just have a little discussion. You could ask questions that will stimulate the conversation, or if you want me to say something more about any one of the parts, then I'll try to do it. Ananda Marari Prabhu. Hi, Krishna Guru Marash. It's very nice. Huh? Are you in Michigan? Ypsilanti, yep. Is everyone okay there? Yeah, we're doing good. Okay. Um, yeah, just recently, a few of the devotees, I think uh, they had COVID. Dave was just getting over COVID, but he's feeling, he's feeling fine now. And okay. we, uh, since Sri and I already had it, we're doing good. Okay. Everyone's... Okay. everyone's no. Okay, glad to hear it. Um, I was just appreciating this point of the the need to remember and be attracted to something beautiful. 
to be attracted to really Krishna's pastimes, what's going on with Krishna. And um, you mentioned to have, and I forget how you're wording it now, but um, to have an experience in chanting Krishna's holy name said something to that effect. So I was just curious if you could expand a little bit. What is, what does it mean to have an experience of Krishna's holy name? Oh, yeah. One thing I can say, you know, if you listen to Prabhupada's kirtans, they're very simple, especially in the early days. He'd just sit in the park and he'd just chant. He had one tune. And if you catalog all of Prabhupada's tunes throughout his whole campaign, he had three tunes total. <laughs> So it was one tune, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So how do you go from that by yourself in a park? You know, you get kicked off the grass. You can't sit here, sorry. And then you move under a tree because you just got moved along. And you're by yourself and you go from that, that one tune, one mantra, to an international worldwide organization where there's huge temples and guest houses and a, a half a billion books distributed around the world, print, uh, published, printed, distributed. How do you get from there to there? Well, one thing is to, is to look at and see what the Holy Name does. And, and, and when, it's, when somebody chants purely, uh, you know, it has its own force. And then the other thing is, like, try an experiment. Like I, I tried this recently. It's like, I'm just going to chant one tune and not change it at all. I won't change the speed. I won't change up. I won't do anything. I'm just going to chant the same tune and just keep going until something happens. I'm not stopping until something happens. <laughs> and so what happens? It works every time. And, and you know, at first I, I'll notice myself and, and the, the chanters. It's like, okay, come on, where's the tune? And, you know, where's the change up? And where's the something? Come on. I mean, probably started with a bongo drum. He's got a picture of him in the park hit, playing a bongo with his fingers, you know. So anyway, we're chanting and chanting, and then all of a sudden you notice that it's not the tune, it's not the beat, it's not the musicianship, anything of that, because none of that's there. And then all of a sudden, devotees are better than okay. You just look at them and you know, and you know you're better than okay. And you can see they're, they're looking at you like, I was okay a second ago. I was not okay when I walked in. I hit okay about 10 minutes ago, and now I'm better than okay. <laughs> and that's what makes the Hare Krishna movement. It's the holy name, and it doesn't need anything extra. I'm not saying we shouldn't do anything extra, but, but that experience you're asking about, anybody can have it anytime, really. And just um, take, take the holy name as it is and just experiment with it. So and and then the result is that because you feel better than okay and we're anandamayobhyasat we are living entities just want to have fun they want uh, they want happiness and they go like I have to have that again please because nothing else will do it everything else brings you up and slams you back down and then you got to take twice as much you know 
little jiva needs a new drug here in the material world. The other ones aren't working. And when they get the holy name, they say like, that drug works. <laughs> That's actually what I was looking for. And then Krishna, Krishna says, yeah, okay, so a few things I'd like you to do. You know, be a little humble. Don't, uh, don't mouth off all the time. Just uh, start bowing down to me a little bit. And um, don't be so attached, little jiva. And you can hang around more if you want more of this. You know, and then, of course, volumes are written about it, but it's always there. I heard that once about some devotee was talking about always just to, for kirtan, always depend on the holy name. Don't think you're like, I'm going to make this happen. But think like, I'm here to serve the holy name. Holy name will make it happen. Makes everything happen. We don't make the holy name. The holy name makes us. <laughs> it's not like I can vibrate the holy name. The, the holy name can create me and vibrate me, but I can't really do it. So it's a, it's setting up that mood of, of service. Those are a few thoughts on Anandamurari Prabhu. Is that okay? Yeah, very much so. I uh, <clears throat> I like this point. It's something that I've been thinking of recently that there's a there's a Wu Tang song clan. This band is like hip hop group called Wu Tang Clan, and they have a song. Uh, the the chorus is "Cash rules everything around me." But recently, a friend and I were saying, "Grace rules everything around me," and uh, just I like that aspect of just showing up and and there's a, there's an active role that we play by showing up for the holy name but then then really allowing the grace of the holy name to guide us and allow the grace of the holy name to vibrate us and to transform us thank you very much and uh for borrowing from the wu-tang clan <laughs> Good to see you, Ananda Marari Prabhu. Um, thank you. Sukeshri. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Prabhu, well, you were talking about- Sukeshri and then Dev, Devavrata. Go ahead, please. So Prabhu, I was just thinking about the story of uh, Kanchipurna um, in, um, and he actually talks to Vardhara Swami because you were mentioning about um, Vaishnava Seva. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about two things that we have to make happen in our lives is no Vaishnava Prada and do Vaishnava Seva. So I was remembering when Kanchi Purna was the only disciple of Ramanujacharya who would actually directly talk to Varadaraja. And um, everybody in the village would ask him questions and he would actually ask the Lord. So one day one of the villagers asked him, would you ask the Lord if um, I will go back to Godhead? And Varadaraja Swami says, yes, he will go back to Godhead this lifetime. So then Kanchi Purna gets very excited that he wants to know if he will go back to Godhead. So he asked him, so Lord, will I go back to Godhead? And he thinks for a little bit and he says, mm, no, not really. And he gets very worried. He's like, you know, I mean, out of the, all the villages, you're just talking to me and I won't go back to Godhead. He says, because you're serving me and you have to go serve a Vaishnava. So then he makes it a point to go and serve Mahapurna, you know. So I was just remembering that point that even though Lord may actually be talking to you, he might, you might actually be in direct connection. Until unless you do a Vaishnava seva, you won't go nowhere. <laughs> Thank you, Prabhu. I just wanted to share that. Yeah, it's a similar point that Vrindavan Das Thakur makes in the Chaitanya Bhagavat. He says, if you worship Lord Narayan, there's some question about whether you'll go back to Godhead. You may or may not. But if you worship 
the devotee of Lord Narayan, then you'll definitely go back to Godhead. The, these indicators are there, yeah. Devavrata? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. I was appreciating this point you're making about the holy name. And uh, I've recently been making a, uh, an experiment to listen to all of Prabhupada's classes chronologically from 1966 until his final classes in 1977. And um, one thing I'm noticing as I'm listening to the, to the classes is one, Prabhupada's presenting the philosophy very simply and very straightforwardly. And the first bhajan Prabhupada actually sings is Bhaja Hare Manam. And he's, he's singing it and no one really knows what the translation actually is. He's just singing it and the people are just kind of sitting there listening to him sing it. But people continued to come. And so I was kind of like, I've been reflecting on this point recently, like within my own execution of Krishna consciousness. Okay, Prabhupada, he's just chanting these simple tunes. He's presenting the philosophy very simply, very straightforwardly, the way his Guru Maharaj has presented it. And people are so receptive to it. And I was, so I was thinking, I was like, you know, there's not so much that I have to adjust in terms of philosophy, in terms of the holy name. What needs to be adjusted is, you know, the, own, the condition of my own heart, the purification of my own heart. And through, by purifying my heart, the vibration that I emanate actually has a bigger effect. Like we have Jai Maharaj visiting the ashram right now. And he presents the philosophy in a very, very simple way. And it's things that I've heard before many times. He doesn't use any like new examples. He uses examples that you read in Prabhupada's books, that you hear in Prabhupada's lectures. But the same example that you hear in Prabhupada's lectures and you hear in Prabhupada's books, when he speaks it, everything just becomes so clear. Everything just becomes, you know, so easy to understand and you just develop like such a perspective like well duh why didn't I see like that before so I was just thinking you know on this point we don't make the holy name the holy makes up holy name makes us we just simply have to plug into what Prabhupada has given us and allow that to purify us and just become instruments for it and so much can come from that and so I was just uh reflecting on that in relationship to you and Nandamurai's conversation Very important and uh, pertinent realizations, Devavrata. So nice to hear them. Thank you very much for, for beaming in. Srivata? Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Um, I, had a, I had a question and a reflection. Um, I was hoping you could elaborate a bit more on detachment because I feel like detachment is something that sometimes I always feel like I'm getting and then suddenly I'll realize I don't have because the moment I realize I don't have it is when it starts hindering my spiritual life because my mind isn't able to like calm down. And should I should I just share my reflection later, Marge, or should I just? Yeah, that'd be easier otherwise I might get distracted because it's a very interesting question you've posed. What is the exact question? Could you say it in one sentence? Oh with 10 words or less. Okay. Uh, could you please elaborate on detachment and how to how to have a realistic understanding of how detached I am, basically? It's a, it becomes self-evident. As Bhagavatam points out, tada rajas tamobhava. Like tada, tada means at that time, but it also, there's a, kind of a phrase in America where you go, ta-da, means like, hey, it just happened. 
So ta-da is like that. It's like, ta-da. Hey, I don't fall asleep in class anymore because I'm actually, I actually like this. That's real detachment. Ta-da. And ta-da rajas tamo bhava kamalubhadayashaye. There's a point at which the, the, the practitioner actually starts to realize that I'm not being pinched anymore. Whereas before I was being forced to look here, look there, do this, do that, even though I thought like, this is not very good, but I still had to do it anyway. And then there's, this, there's, a, there's a, a clearing and there's a, a feeling that, yeah, I'm actually um, feeling much better. Now, of course, there's, there's a lot of descriptions given for our benefit about Anartha Navritti and about how it's, it can be a little herky-jerky for a while in the sense that, you know, I feel a little detached and I get all exalted, feel I'm, you know, really made advancement. And then next thing I know, I'm sitting in the corner with a gallon of ice cream and a spoon and, you know, there's only half a gallon left uh, or whatever, whatever your anarta may be. Um, There's a reason for that. I mean, partly, if these anartas were so easy to overcome, then we just get a little purified and then go back and keep one foot in the material world and keep doing it again and again. But there's keep keep uh, engaging again in material sense gratification. But the devotee becomes aware of the fact that my advancement in devotional service is so valuable when there's a, t a little taste, a little taste that this I'm better than okay. And I've never been better than okay, ever. And it's like, I don't want to lose that. That's a good sign too. Because then like out of fear of losing what I have now, <laughs> I, I'm very careful. That's a beginning stage of detachment. It's like, I have to protect what I have so far, what I've made, uh, what I've made so far. And then a realization as is described by Vyasadeva, he says that the yogis, they become aware that when I engage in material sense gratification without any connection to Krishna, that leaves a chladini samskar, this impression of a pleasure from the material senses in the world. And he said, those are the worst because then they're very hard to not uh, revisit again and again. So he says the yogis are as sensitive, sensitive as an eyeball. It's the most sensitive part of your body because if you get one little hair on your eye, then you'll be disturbed. So they try, they, they try not to uh, re-engage in, in that. The devotees are more protected than, than the yogis because they have all kinds of ways of engaging the senses that we already talked about earlier. But they also become aware of the fact that sense gratification is no joke. It's not something that I can dabble in and also be better than okay in devotional service because it's sticky as anything like mango sap. Once you get it, then it may not come back tomorrow, but it may come back the next week or the next year or whatever. And it may be coming back to us from lifetimes ago. And so when a devotee comes to this awareness that 
I actually want to be a pure devotee. I actually don't want to stay in the material world. Here she becomes concerned about the re-engagement of the senses in the material world. But it happens by Krishna's grace. And this is something Kapiladev brings up here in the third canto of the Bhagavatam. He says, just as when you eat food and it gets digested in the stomach, in a similar way, your practice of bhakti, hearing and chanting, serving in the association of devotees, digests the subtle body of the living entity. That with all the previous samskars that impel us to take this sense gratification again and again, the material world. What was your realization? I was thinking about um, what you were saying about the holy name. And I was thinking about how, um, how you're talking about how we shouldn't come in with our own agenda when um, chanting the holy name. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about this, like yesterday I, was, I listened to a class by Gorgovinda Maharaj and Gorgovinda Maharaj was, um, he was, he was talking about how a Vaishnava has childlike simplicity and how he doesn't like, he gives this like example every time of how someone approaches Guru and externally says, please give me mercy, please give me mercy. But internally they're asking for all sorts of other things. And I was, I was thinking about, I was thinking about it just because um, I also heard, I also was on Facebook yesterday and I saw this, um, this kirtan that was shared by, um, shared by Madhavananda Prabhu of Gorgovinda Maharaj singing um, Nityananda Prabhu Bhajans. And Gorgovinda Maharaj looked like he was just so aloof. He was just like, he was like, um, like if, if, if a five-year-old kid got a new toy and was just really just rejoicing with it, it was like he was just really, really enjoying it. And um, someone commented saying like, Prabhu, everyone looks so happy. And then Madhavananda Prabhu was saying like, the camera doesn't show everyone in the, in the audience crying. And I was thinking about how Gorgovinda Maharaj isn't necessarily like the, um, like a professional singer or anything. And he always sings one tune for every single verse, just like Prabhupada, even though it's a different tune. Um, and still like, still it's so like heart rendering and it's just, it turns your heart. So that's what I was thinking about. Rending, rending, heart rending. So there's another thought I have about uh, this uh, detachment and it has to do with our seva. And we say, your seva will save you. And so it's important to become attached to your service because even if there are pullings of the senses and the, there's some anartas there, duty calls and we have to do our service. We continue with our service uh, in spite of the fact that, uh, you know, I'm unworthy of it and I, I have all these different anartas and everything like that. And uh, staying engaged in service. I remember uh, one, um, speaking of Jai Waitamarsh, uh, one uh, in Vrindavan one year, we, we were celebrating Prabhupada's uh, Tirubhava. And he was, Jai Waitamarsh was speaking about how um, he remembered how, when, as a young man, he was given the service to, to work in the BBT. He was doing uh, some literary things, uh, transcribing, typing, and then editing and so forth. And he said it was very engaging. And he said he, he knew of others uh, that, you know, had taken to devotional service and at that young age, they had been 
pulled away by their senses in different directions and had fallen away from the strict practice. And he said he felt so grateful that he had the service that was holding him in place. It's like, I can't go anywhere, I have to do this. So that's an, another very important aspect because the service pulls you through the different eras of your life and helps uh, bring you through the other side because it's, it's, it's very rare that anybody goes, unless you're Shukadeva Goswami, all the different uh, ages of your life without getting tipped over one way or another because i mean it's just it, it's a pretty uh uh turbulent turbulent and um eventful world so better to have a rope to hang on to at the same time because that can help even even in times when you may not have as um, you may not feel as steady as you were at other times if you have your service and you say, no, sir, sorry, sir, I can't give up my service, sir. I'm here reporting for duty and I don't give it up for anybody. If you have that, that will also help pull you through to the other side in the way of detachment. Somehow or other, put together one lifetime of staying close to devotional service, going through all the different areas. You, you don't have to be uh, Hari Das Thakur, but you do have to stay in the practice somehow or other and keep coming back to it and stay in your service. Try to make it through the whole lifetime, through all the different eras, and you'll win. Ashraya Madhava. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Prabhupada. Thank you. Thank you. Um, very, I, I was. It just hit me when you said that, you know, um, we don't make holy name. Holy name makes us. And I was reflecting on that. I was thinking that it, holy name is not a tool for us to control our mind or our life. It is more like we are going to Krishna and saying, I have tried everything to control my anarthas. Um, you know, and, and show at the end, I have come to your shelter. Please help me out because I'm not able to control my life. I'm not able to control my mind. So please help me out. Please engage me. Uh, that, that's, that's my realization. Um, you know, and that, that thing will, I think, stick with me. <laughs> you know, what you said today, because I had been, I think, doing it just the wrong way for so long. I was thinking that, you know, Hare, I will use Hare Krishna Mahamantra to control my life, but Actually, I'm not in control, basically. Yeah, it's a very important point, actually. And very nicely put, Ashraya Madhava. It's something that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta spoke about a lot and in relationship with Darshan and the concept of going to see Krishna. Actually, we go so we can be seen by Krishna. But what is he going to see when we go there? We should think about that. We should go and present ourselves before the deity. And uh, like, okay, I'm here. That's why you ring the bell. Walk in, ring the bell. It's like, okay, I made it. <laughs> I'm in here. Krishna, I came. Please look at me and acknowledge that uh, I'm your servitor, please. And um, if we keep that mood, I'm not here to see Krishna. I'm here to be seen by Krishna. 
I'm not here for the holy name to control my senses, but I'm here to serve the holy name. It's very powerful. I just realized there's a treasure trove of uh, questions here. Divyaga put a thanks up here. He's probably not awake now, but it's too late in Florida. Thanks, Divyanga. Adakripa put in an analogy. A four-year-old stray cat that was rescued from the streets of Rome was inherited. It inherited a $13 million fortune from its owner, the wealthy widow of an Italian property tycoon. made a TV series about it. A question from Vijay Damodar Prabhu. He says, um, is it okay to leverage limited use of astrology in a sadhaka's life? Not to seek demigods to solve the bad times, but to get to know what are good times versus bad times so my energy is best channeled in Krishna's service. All I have to say about that is good luck. I mean, it's really difficult to predict what's going to happen in the material world, even if you get a good astrologer, and it's hard to get a good astrologer. This is a point Prabhupada made. And not, I mean, there are people that can predict what's going to happen because it's a predictable thing. Same old stuff happens here all the time. That's why it's so boring here in the material world. But um, if you get an astrologer who's a peer devotee also, that's really helpful, but good luck finding somebody who's going to direct you like that. I mean, thing is about news. I listen to the news. I didn't say we, because I don't know if any of you ever listen to the news. I don't listen to the news. But I know in times when I do listen to the news, it's, uh, you know, at different times in my life, I've listened to news. I, I had a realization why. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, I was listening. And then I started thinking, why am I listening? And then I realized I'm trying to predict the future. I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen next. And then I was thinking like nothing ever happens next. It only happens now. <laughs> like astrologers, weathermen or weather people try to predict the future, what's going to happen. Yogis try to look at the present and see. Uh, Prabhupada once said when Pradumna asked him about astrology, is it in our Siddhanta? And he said, no, not really. I mean, Devarshi Bhutatna Nrinam Pitrinam Nakinkaro Nayam Nrini Charajan Sarvatmanaya Sharanam Sharanyam Gato Mukundam Parihrita Kartam. We have all these debts and entanglements, but if you surrender to Krishna, you don't have them anymore. But Prabhupada said, if you know it's going to rain, take an umbrella. But he really, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta uh, walked away from astrology. He didn't get into it. Prabhupada didn't, didn't uh, rely on it. He never asked us to rely on it very much. He mentions it a couple times in his purport, just in a kind of generic kind of way that learned people know about astrology. But it's not really a Vaishnava thing to be totally into it, except some cases it's dovetailed with telling birth chart of Lord Chaitanya or something like that. But I'll just say in practical everyday use, if you read Prabhupada's purports, he's not really advocating for it so much. Um, since I am not past the Nartha I rely on material life to sustain myself. Astrology can help me 
help tell me which bands of time I will get discouraged often and thus I can do regular sadhana, not adventurous activities, continue with regular job in bad times versus try something bold and new, start new business or change job and save money to construct new temple. All right, if it's for the new temple, probably you can use it. Thank you. When times are good for me, well, still trusting Krishna all the way. Um, careful about getting carried away by it. It's really, uh, you. It, there's several things Prabhupada said you could get uh, totally absorbed in and you can increase unlimitedly actually is what he said. Exercise, there's no end to it. Somebody says, hey man, you're healthy enough right now. You know, you look great, you're healthy. It's like, no, no, not yet. I have to. Jiva sitatva jignasya narto yashcheyakarmi try to to eat to live, not live to eat. So yeah, we could look at a few things here and there. Also uh, eating, that's another thing you can do unlimitedly. And astrology, you know, it's easy to get carried away because how much do you want to refine it? And how do you know? I mean, karmani near dahati kintu chabakti bhajam. Krishna's taking away our karma. He's also giving us a special uh, mercy by giving us miseries. So he may just, you may figure it all out according to the stars, and then he'll just reverse it on you and say, ha ha, stop trying to figure everything out. You don't have to, you don't necessarily have to, but if you do it a little bit, be careful, that's all. Thank you, Maharaj. You also answered the second question, which I was going to ask you, is that oh. after Brahman initiation, and they say that Krishna has taken away your karma so through the spiritual master, so after that life, is the life ruled by 100% by Krishna or it is in the phase of even after Brahman initiation, to the extent one surrenders, will Krishna come and interfere with your life versus your karma leads your life? When Ajamil chanted Narayan, he, actually he was saying Narayan, Narayan come here and Narayan please uh, come take your meals. Narayan, Narayan, Narayan. And Bhagavatam, Shukadeva Goswami, in explaining how the living entity gets protected by Krishna, says he had no more sinful reactions. And then the question comes like, well, how come he was acting sinfully at that time? Because he went on with his debauchery. So our acharyas explain that it's like a snake when you take out the fangs, it's not scary anymore. Well, it's a little scary. But anybody who knows, it doesn't have any more teeth. He's not afraid. So all those things he was doing didn't have any reactions because he was already purified by the holy name. Aparabda palam papam gutam bijam palonukam krami naiva praliyante vishnu bhakti ratatmanam. This is a verse quoted from the Padma Purana by Rupa Goswami when he describes when one takes to the devotional, pure devotional service, then becomes situated in uh, his happy pleasure because the causes of misery, the kleshas from previous karma are eradicated by the process of devotional service. So by chanting the holy name, even one time, one can become freed from 
the reactions of sinful activities. Because you can reinvigorate if you go back to them again. Bhaktin Raffaella said yesterday I had, oh, wait a minute, I'm over time now. So thank you everybody for taking your valuable time. You're up late at night, some of you. It's past uh, bedtime for many of you. And um, we did what we could. Shishi Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Shishi Panchatapta, Shishi Radhamadam Mohan, Shishi Lakshmi Shingadev. If you so desire, please protect all the devotees all over the world from the modes of material nature. Let them always stay fixed in your transcendental vibration. Please empower all the devotees here at ISV to be expert in your service and always hearing and chanting, taking shelter of Srila Prabhupada and the great Acharyas. Thank you for considering our request. Om Tat Sat, Hare Krishna. Thank you everybody for being here. What a nice Sunday night. What a great idea to get together and hear and chant. We'll have to do this more often. Please keep up the, the great work. The, um, the images coming in from the Sankirtan are really beautiful. We had a couple of meetings with devotees around the world recently and um, can see that everybody's interested and eager to stay engaged in this most, worthwhile, this most worthwhile service of distributing books, keeping the holy name going and take advantage as much as possible to, um, to read Prabhupada's books. Uh, thoroughly don't waste any days because um, if we treat each day as if it were our last, then one day we'll be correct. And it's good to be correct sometime or other. Thank you very much. Gore Premanande. Natari Armarman. Natari Armarman. Natari Armarman. Natari Armarman. Natari Armarman, Natari Armarman, Natari Armarman, Natari Armarman.